Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to the third season of Criminalia. Our first season was all about women poisoners, and our second season was all about stalkers. But this season, we're exploring the lives and motivations of some of the most notorious imposters throughout history. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. Maria, I'm so excited to be here with you for season three. I know, it's going to be great. As we did in our first two seasons, we plan to look at some of history's transgressions and get a better understanding of what really went down. So we're going to take a look at how these crimes might be seen through today's eyes. As we always say, a little distance goes a long way. We do always say that, don't we? We always do. So today we're going to talk about a woman who pretended to be royalty from a faraway island. But first, we have to talk about what makes an imposter just to set this whole season up. Imposters are people who pretend to be someone else for their own gain. Often, that's financial gain, but it's not unheard of for an imposter to be dishonest to improve their social status or social gain. 
Some make up a new identity or they steal your identity. <laughs> Some imposters do it in order to circumvent unjust rules. We're going to talk this season about you know, women who dress like men in order to fight in wars or to go to school. And some are simply criminals looking for an easy way to evade capture. So in today's world, imposters might impersonate people and organizations that you would ordinarily trust. When someone feigning to be the IRS calls about an unpaid bill, you would be inclined to assume that's the real deal. They might also pretend to be someone that you know, and they may pretend to work for places such as the Social Security Administration or even your local electric company. No matter who they pretend to work for, though, their main goal is usually to get you to pay them or to get enough of your personal information so that they can pay themselves at your expense, and they will try any way they can to get that info. Modern imposter scams often begin with an unsolicited phone call, email, text, or even a uh, social media message. And our technology allows people to use techniques like social engineering, which would be phishing for confidential or personal information that they might use for fraudulent purposes against you. Uh, you can also meet many of today's imposters on dating sites or, like we said, social media, where they can have easily created fake profiles. We even have the term catfishing exactly. for this behavior, so it's super common. Even with our technology, though, it's the same destination it always has been. No matter what the story, many imposters are in it for money, and they will eventually ask you to transfer funds to them, usually for a reason that sounds pretty plausible. I'm in jail, right? You know? <laughs> uh, so all of that explained, let's finally set our scene. So our first imposter is a, a woman who was born Mary Wilcox in 1791 or 792. Anyway, she was born to a poor family living in Devon, England. And as she became an adult, she adopted a disguise that she hoped would make her more interesting to those she considered commoners. Uh, so she became Princess Caribou, a fictional royal who pretended to come from the far, far away island of Javasu. Javasu, she claimed, was located in the Indian Ocean. Okay, it's a little bit early, but we're going to take a break here for a word from our sponsor so that we can keep the narrative of this imposter's guise all together. And we're going to talk about the woman who fooled a whole village into thinking she was royalty after this. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. 
Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day to day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older (laughs) in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their Brilliant Eye Brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with dust-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's meet the woman who called herself Princess Caribou. One day in the spring of 1817, a woman in her mid-twenties appeared in the town of Almondsbury near Bristol, speaking a never-heard-before language, not a word of English. She wore unusual clothing and a black turban on her head, and she carried a small bundle with her that contained a few necessities. So a few half pennies and a counterfeit sixpence. 
When she first encountered a resident of the village, it was the cobbler, and he initially assumed she must be a foreign peasant or some sort of beggar. The cobbler and his wife took her to a man named Mr. Overton, who was the overseer of the local poorhouse. And if you're not familiar with a poorhouse, it was a government-run facility that was used to house poor people in a time before social services existed. But it wasn't as benevolent as it may sound. The reality was that poor houses were places of involuntary servitude. Upon seeing the person that they would come to know as Princess Caribou, Overton was, as others in the town, mystified by her language and how she dressed. And so he decided to take her to the home of a man named Samuel Worrell, who was the town clerk of Bristol and a magistrate. Samuel Worrell and his wife Elizabeth actually took this woman into their home in Knoll Park. And there, the person we know as Mary, convinced Elizabeth that she was a lost princess from the East Indies, which was what they would have called it at the time. How she did this, we don't know. We're presuming a lot of hand gestures and pointing at maps. Assumed that she was homeless and with a counterfeit coin in her pocket, a family such as the Worrells, they were high-standing family in the town. It really couldn't provide accommodations to a woman who actually might be a criminal they didn't know. It would look poorly among their peers. Though she had made quite an impression on them, Elizabeth arranged for a room for the woman she believed to be a foreign visitor at a local inn called, as far as we can figure, I love this, The Bowl. My new retirement goal is to start an inn and call it The Bowl, and it'll just be our little in-joke, and that'll be all it is. <laughs> Although the Worrells were still pretty unsure one way or the other about Mary or Princess Caribou and who exactly this was, it was decided that she was a beggar and should be taken to Bristol and tried for vagrancy. And as an aside, we are not actually sure who made this decision. It could have been the authorities or it could have been the very busy and involved villagers of Almondsbury. This decision was made to take her to Bristol to be examined both by John Haythorne, who was the mayor of Bristol, and then at St. Peter's Hospital, which was a facility that cared for the poor and for vagrants. But after causing many problems, and we can only speculate on those problems because there doesn't seem to be a record of her time spent at the facility record in detail. She was actually returned to the world's home. So as you can imagine, by this point, everyone knew about this eccentric foreign stranger. And despite any of those earlier suspicions, the villagers treated her as though she were a visiting head of state. Right? So this is amazing. And not only because she was deceiving them all. What's amazing really is that they let her stay in their village at all. The years following the Napoleonic Wars were volatile. And any mysterious strangers were looked upon suspiciously as probable spies or maybe political agitators or just unwanted people in the village. That's not only the authorities who thought that. Everyday people thought that as well. So in a small town like Almondsbury, foreign beggars were most likely to be transported to Australia. And Australia was where England sent their criminals. The counterfeit sixpence that she carried with her was a serious offense. And it could, in some cases, mean a death sentence. Don't mess around with fake currency is the rule here. No kidding. Watch out for your sixpence. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone at this point was desperate to find out where Princess Caribou was from. 
And at first, despite her very European appearance, she kind of implied that she had actually come from China. And it really wasn't until a Portuguese sailor or a pirate, depending on your source, who may or may not have been her accomplice in this whole ruse, arrived about 10 days after her. And that's where her narrative actually starts to be told. There are actually two versions of the story. In the first, the sailor slash pirate (laughs) claimed to understand her dialect. And he told a story of how she'd ended up near Bristol. In the second version, the sailor pirate said he was able to communicate with her through gestures and signs. The foreign woman, he said, was born in China, which was actually, she called it kanji. She had been kidnapped by pirates, jumped overboard to escape them, and swam through the English Channel to shore. She also told of her home on the faraway island of Javasu and that she came from royalty. What we don't know, though, like Holly mentioned earlier, is if Mary and the sailor pirate were somehow in cahoots. I don't know how this works if they're not. I know. Right? If she were just to go along with it and be like, well, you are also a con person. All right, let's play. Uh (laughs) Oh, you understand my made-up language? Let's talk. Like, like (laughs) Mm -hmm. So this entire yarn was utterly enthralling to the townspeople. And they actually had come to kind of love their new eccentric guest. And she, for her part, put on quite a show for them. She entertained audiences that included not only people from Almondsbury. She fascinated a lot of people, including linguists, artists, physiognomists. Those were people that practiced the rather dubious science of judging a person's mental character from their facial appearance. She also fascinated craniologists, people that claim to be able to read your character from the size and shape of your skull. Whether entertaining, a vagrant, or a dignitary, the princess's strange behavior did not disappoint any of her audiences. Mm -hmm. Her portrait was painted and reproduced in a local newspaper, while her authenticity was attested to by a Dr. Wilkinson, who was a polymath and scientific lecturer. Wilkinson claimed he identified her language by using Edmund Fry's Pentagraphia, a book that was said to contain accurate copies of all the known alphabets in the world. Can you imagine how big that would be now? (laughs) (laughs) So he stated that Marks on her skin had been done by, and we're quoting a very outdated term here, oriental surgeons. Other newspapers began publishing stories about the princess, and she began to develop national acclaim. What none of them knew was that Mary had made up her language, and she was really a native English speaker. She would listen to what everyone was saying while they thought she could not understand. And that must have been heaven for her as an imposter. Right? <laughs> it was a big part in how long she was able to pull off this hoax. It's just so funny. I'm sure she sat in her head thinking, gosh, these people are fools. Right? They've all bought in completely. Exactly. She always seemed completely credible to the villagers, but it was because they didn't know she was reading them to manipulate them. That's a common way that people scam others. And so just for clarity, when we say she was reading them, we mean she was able to interpret things like people's body language and tone of voice and then use that to her advantage. Perfect for someone who is Princess Caribou. (laughs) Uh, So the princess was eccentric and she was scandalous. She wore flowers in her hair and she swam naked in the lake. How dare she? Uh, She knew how to use a bow and arrow, and she gave fencing demonstrations, and it's said with a blade that had been dipped in poison. I don't know if it's arsenic, (laughs) but I got to bring it up every season. (laughs) 
<laughs> Before eating or sleeping, she prayed to a god she called Allah Tala. She was, it would seem from all accounts, having a fine time in Almondsbury. And for Elizabeth Worrell's part, she was living out her own wish fulfillment because she thought she was hosting a princess. But this ruse only lasted for about three months, and the media was her undoing. The paper seized upon Baker's story during and after her exposure and even ran poetry and ballads, both flattering and not so flattering, composed in her honor. But it was when the Bristol Journal, which was a local newspaper, ran a story about her with an accompanying photo, she was recognized as a woman named Mary Baker. Mrs. Neal, who owned a lodging house in Bristol, recognized Mary because Mary had stayed there about six months prior. And according to Mrs. Neal, as a tenant, Mary would often don a black turban while she danced around the house, speaking in her own invented languages. It was like she did her practice run at Mrs. Neal's boarding house. The jig is up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the Worrells confronted the so-called princess, who did not, of course, want to tell the truth, at least at first. But she did eventually admit that her name was Mary Baker and that she was from Witheridge. So the way this story played out made the papers across the United States pick it up as well. The Carolina Federal Republican, for example, ran a story first describing a strange woman who seemed initially to have no command of the English language, and then went on to explain what finally led to her confession. It was Dr. Wilkinson's efforts to help her and get the East India directors involved. And we have a quote here from that specific news story. Dr. Wilkinson proceeded to London on a charitable mission on Tuesday and was to be followed the next day by Caribou herself. But affairs were becoming too formidable. The idea of appearing before the metropolitan scrutinizers was too terrible for the tender nerves of the princess of Javasu. She therefore thought it was prudent to throw off the mask and after inviting her humane patroness to a private audience, surprised her by speaking in her native tongue plain, downright English, declaring herself an imposter. So we're going to take a break here and have a word from a sponsor. And when we're back, we will talk about exactly how a town was hoodwinked and what happened thereafter. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's meet Mary Baker. So Mary Baker did not, of course, come from the far-flung imaginary island of Javasu. (laughs) She was exposed as a cobbler's daughter who came from a village near Bristol. She had worked as domestic help, but her employers had always thought she seemed rather odd. And do you remember those marks that we discussed earlier, the marks on the back of her head? Yes, the one that came with a racist diagnosis of what it was. Exactly. So actually, it's not that at all. They were scars from a poorly done wet cupping procedure that was used to relieve pressure on, we quote, an overheated brain. It was performed in a poorhouse hospital when she was a child and clearly had gone a little wrong. Upon her exposure, the press went into an absolute frenzy, but it didn't go exactly as you may expect. Yes, of course, they absolutely ignored their own part in creating the sensation around Princess Caribou. But instead of vilifying Mary Baker, which would seem like a reasonable response, they ended up lampooning and condemning not only Wilkinson, but in some cases also the Worrells, as well as the people of Almondsbury and any and all of the intellectuals, doctors, and other professionals who had been hoodwinked, essentially blaming them all for being so easily fooled. Various newspapers published several satirical pieces about Princess Caribou's origin based on what the experts who had met her had theorized. So it's the alternate universe Princess Caribou. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, we're going to do a little bit more on press coverage of Mary's ruse because it's really quite interesting to get into. If you start looking at the stories from that time, you start to see why the newspapers wouldn't really want to turn against Caribou or Mary Baker, I guess we should call her now. She was selling newspapers. And at the end of the day, to them, that's all that mattered. 
that yeah they did not want to get rid of that cash cow no. one example we have is the morning chronicle of london that was a paper that started running ads in the late summer of 1817 about the story that they were getting ready to run <laughs> about her whole nuttiness a foreigner near bristol in an effort to get their readers really hyped up those ads read, quote, in the course of next week will be published a narrative of a singular imposition practiced upon the benevolence of a lady residing in the vicinity of the city of Bristol by a young woman of the name of Mary Wilcox, alias Baker, alias Caribou, Princess of Javasu. I would love to see these illustrations, really. And and also, I particularly like this story because they're not afraid of using caps. No, they'll throw in all caps right? in there, like, no problem. For the longest period of time, like newspapers were not shy about <laughs> throwing some caps into their ads or their stories. And man, I always appreciate that. Moving on, more than anyone, though, it was Dr. Wilkinson who was skewered by the press for being taken in by Mary's fictional tale. The Hampshire Telegraph and Naval Chronicle of Portsmouth ran a piece about how naive Wilkinson had been. And we have a quote from that, too. So... It says, the young woman who has appeared at Bristol as an unknown female designated by the name of Caribou and concerning whom Dr. Wilkinson of Bath excited great curiosity last week by the interest which his pen imparted to her tale is found to be an imposter. Her real name is said to be Mary Baker of Witheridge, Devon. The doctor was so far carried away by his feelings in this interesting creature's case that he determined to make an appeal to the East India directors directly on her behalf, as he had no doubt of her being a native of Java. Yeah, just to avoid confusion, that is Maria reading the quote as it was written in the paper. We're not sure why... They shortened it to Java versus Javasu. My guess is that they recognized Javasu was not a real place right. and thought there had been <laughs> some sort of accident or confusion in the conveyance of the information. So they looked up a real place. <laughs> but that same month, the Exeter Flying Post ran a similar story, this time detailing previous criminal activity on Mary's part. And that was a completely new angle in the press. This piece started out... Caribou! With an exclamation point. <laughs> it will be seen in a preceding page of our paper that the wonderful female who has outwitted the doctor, puzzled the learned, and astonished the multitude turns out to be a vile imposter, a vagrant wanderer, and daughter of a poor cottager in the village of Witheridge in this county. We have made some inquiries respecting this extraordinary young lady, and there is great reason to believe that she was for some time an inmate in the Devon County Bridewell. As it appears that in the summer sessions of 1814 at the Castle of Exeter, a Mary Ann Baker, then age 21, was tried, convicted, and sentenced to six months' imprisonment for stealing a piece of cloth. A young man, her sweetheart, the receiver of the stolen goods, was tried at the same time and transported for 14 years. How big was that piece of cloth? Right? 14 <laughs> years is a long time for a piece of fabric. What was it made out of? <laughs> gold magic. Magic and gold threads. <laughs> Ultimately, by June of 1817, the town of Almondsbury gave her boat fare to the United States, specifically to travel to Philadelphia. She was accompanied by, it said, two or may maybe three strict chaperones who were chosen by Elizabeth Worrell. Because the story of Princess Caribou was already known in America, 
Mary was greeted like royalty when she arrived. She stayed in the U.S. and gave performances as Princess Caribou in theaters, and several years later, she did return to England. And when we say that she was greeted as royalty, that includes the press using her false name, even though they already knew that that was a ruse and she was not actually a princess of any kind. Notice in this quote that we're about to read that nowhere does the name Mary Baker appear. (laughs) Uh, And this ran in a paper in the U.S. Quote, the extraordinary young woman who, about two years ago, excited considerable attention at Bristol by representing herself as the Princess Caribou, daughter of a great Eastern prince, has lately returned to Witheridge, her native place, on a visit to her mother. It is understood that once she left Bristol, she went to America with two ladies of the country. When she left home about seven years ago, she was a servant in a farmer's house. She now appears as a well-educated woman, perfectly genteel in her manners and dress, and extremely fond of books, but very reserved in her communications respecting herself. That is an interesting description about Mary Baker. (laughs) So... Her hoax was really well-known at this time, but she continued to give performances as the character of Princess Caribou in and around London's New Bond Street, as well as in Bath and Bristol. Mary Baker as Princess Caribou had her final appearance in a London gallery, where visitors were charged a shilling apiece to see her. It was in Bristol in 1828 where Mary married. It was probably her second marriage because we know that while she was pretending to be a princess, she had confessed her real name was Mary Baker. But we're not presuming there are a lot of mysteries there about how her name changed over the years. However, things get really quite fuzzy after this point in her story. We also know that she gave birth to a daughter in 1829. We know that she no longer performed as Princess Caribou or impersonated royalty. And by 1839, she was making ends meet by importing and selling leeches, mainly to the medical community, which included the local Bristol Infirmary Hospital. However, and here is that really fuzzy part, there's a question about a woman named Mary Burgess. This was our Mary, but... Is the surname changed from marriage or the change that was meant to hide a grift? Some reports suggest this name change was due to her second marriage after her husband, Richard Baker, left her and traveled abroad. Alternatively, there are sources that suggest she was living under her cousin's name, Burgess. Mary Wilcox Baker, a.k.a. Princess Caribou, maybe Burgess, died on Christmas Eve in 1864. And she is buried in an unmarked grave in Hebron Road Burial Ground in Bedminster. We do have a little bit of a side note that doesn't play well with someone's death here. Holly, I'll give it to you. This story is actually made into a movie if you'd like (laughs) to see it. That movie was made in 1994 and stars the absolutely spectacular Phoebe Cates. Right. I've never seen it. Personally, I didn't know it existed. (laughs) (laughs) So, here we are with our very first drink for season three. Holly. Well, I thought for season three, we would flip our segment on its head a little bit. Because we're talking about imposters, 
since they're masquerading as cocktails, this segment will be mocktails. There will, though, be, for my drinkers in the crowd, don't panic. (laughs) There's going to be also a way you can modify any of these to have a little hooch in them, if that's your jam. But they're perfectly delightful on their own without any alcohol in them. So the first one is called Princess Caribou's Tender Nerves. (laughs) (laughs) because when i was reading about that version where they paint her as this really like delicate i'm so scared to go in front of the public i'll tell them all i'm lying i'm like she's telling you she's lying they're still being like you sweet baby girl but anyway i wanted to think about something that always makes me feel soothed when I am maybe a little nervous myself but also I'm one of those people that I don't want anything that will overcome me because usually if I'm nervous it's because I got to get something done right I knew I wanted to do a tea but I wanted to do a tea that is not like a chamomile or like an herbal I wanted something that still has caffeine right so you're gonna brew a cup of chai and you're gonna let it cool down a bit into that cup of chai, and I would put this in a cocktail shaker if you have one, you're going to put a half ounce of spicy mango syrup. Pour that chai in with it. Uh, Mix it up a little bit because the chai, if it's room temperature, it's going to mix a little more easily with the sugar. It will dissolve rather than if it's cold. Right. And then once it's mixed a little, you're going to pour in two ounces of milk and some ice, and you're going to shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, because you really want everything incorporated, and it makes this nice very frothy if you've got a really good shaker action mm-hmm. going on beverage that is yummy and it's like a, a latte but it's also not and the mango syrup is a weird thing i was about to ask you about that i'm like spicy mango syrup i, I don't even think i've mm-hmm. seen that like it sounds delicious but you can buy well, it I'm but sure you can also if you can't find it somewhere but you can <laughs> find like mango syrup you could also add in Something to give it a little bit of kick, whether that's like a little dash of cayenne pepper or just anything that has a little bite to it. Like I have a little garam masala I put in everything. That's another good one to mix in. If you've had a chai latte, they're just beautiful on their own. And you get that yummy, soothing thing. But then there's this like extra flavor where you're like... That seems a little different. It's yummy, but you you clock it. You're aware that there's something strange in the mix. And I feel like that's a good representation of Princess Caribou, <laughs> right? People liked her a lot, but they also were like, something's up with this one. And, um, and then for my drinkers in the crowd, if you do not want to have Princess Caribou's tender nerves in its non-alcoholic state, I threw in an ounce of vanilla vodka and it became like the, the perfect summer refresher. This is also a good time for us to be doing mocktails because I feel like we're, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, heading into summer. And most mocktails are very fruity and refreshing. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why we're going that route this time. But you you can always add a little something if you want to make it adult. You could make this as a warm drink if you want. You know, I thought about that as soon as you were talking about it being chai. Yeah. Yeah. But I like a little cold chai. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, options, options, options. Also, if you're like, uh, girl, I don't want to do that spicy mango thing, you can <laughs> add any other flavored syrup. This would also be, it's beautiful with a raspberry syrup. It's a little less surprising to your palate, mm-hmm. but it's super duper yummy and it gives it a broader body. Like you just, you feel like you're drinking something that's like a sweet, um, almost dessert beverage then. Yum. Play around with syrup. See what's going on there. Um, you could just use simple syrup if you don't want to infuse it with any kind of flavor. Or you could also just do a drop or two of any baking flavors. That works too. I actually think a pumpkin version of this would be perfect for fall as you're heading into late summer and early fall. I think that might be something that you need to test now. Just so, I'll, I'll go do it just right now. so you're prepared. 
We thank everybody for listening and spending this time with us, particularly now that we are in a whole new season. If you've been hanging in for the first two, we hope you enjoyed this one. Also, if you're new to the show, there's plenty for you to go back and listen to. But otherwise, we will see you back here next week with another story of an imposter, another mocktail that can also be made into a fabulous adult beverage, (laughs) and hopefully a lot more laughter. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.